The Poke Sport Podcast is sponsored by Downtown Barbershops here in Stillwater, 609 South Main Street. Give them a call, 405-269-8590. Randall and his crew giving the best cuts in town. I've been going there for close to 10 years now. Uh, they do children's haircuts, buzz haircuts, traditional haircuts, military haircuts, razor fades, mustache, beard trims, and shaves. They've got spa services coming soon. I don't know exactly what that entails because they, they're, they're kind of hush on it, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I was in there last week. I got a haircut. I've got another one scheduled for Tuesday. I think I'm going to get into a two-week rotation, Marshall. I think, I think that's what I'm going to do. I think I'm going to go every two weeks. You know, I may I may have to join you on that because I need to go in in the next few days and get myself a haircut and mm. get my beard cleaned up. So I uh, I might I might join you on that rotation. Absolutely, the best haircut in town. Again, that's downtown barbershops here in Stillwater, located at six oh nine South Main Street. Give them a call four zero five two six nine eight five nine zero, or you can check them out on the web at downtownbarbershops.com. Welcome into the Punch Report Podcast. Zach Lancaster here alongside Marshall Levinson and Ryan Breeden. Coming to you from the Triple Plays Sports Radio Studios in downtown Stillwater. It's a fun place. It's an enjoyable place. Yeah. yeah I mean, how's everyone's day going? We're uh It's good. You know? We're back we're back ex- to exciting stuff coming up. Yeah, we're back to November weather, which which is to me is, yeah, I mean, pretty is good always today. a treat. I like I like the cold without the wind. Mm. Like today, like it feels great. I'm not even, it's not even cold out right now. But I like the cold without the wind. Yeah. It's when the wind comes around and it starts kind of biting. It's bitter. Well, like, and I would, I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I don't like that. I would take that over 80 in November. My ideal temperature range. I agree. My ideal temperature range is between 50 and 70 because that gives you a lot of options as what to because wear. Because you, you only need But a it also jacket. makes it semi confusing because when you leave the house in the morning, It'll be 55, but then when you walk out of class after one or two classes to go get lunch and you're wearing a hoodie and sweatpants and it's 74 out. Like, 70's not that, like... Right, but in comparison of how you felt before and then you walk out from the conditioning to Take being... Take your sweatshirt off. But I'm just saying, like, yeah, you could, but then you have to carry it around and it just makes it... If it's over 60, or if it's if it's over 50, I'm wearing shorts. I'm wearing shorts today. I wanted to wear shorts. Being someone from... My shorts are dirty. Being someone who lived in Wisconsin for 13 years, I am somewhat used to the cold, I would say. Probably not as much as I should be, Mm -hmm. but my general rule of thumb is if it's below 55, I wear pants and long sleeve. I'm wearing my... I broke my own rule today. These thin little Under Armour pants, because they're thin, so they're not super hot, but if I need to... I can hike them up and make shorts and look super douchey. Fun fact, <laughs> this summer I worked for the main competitor of Under Armour, Nike. I worked at a Nike store yeah, back home for that's the fun. summer. That's it was actually fun. really nice. It was really cool. Well, speaking of Nike. Call spe- me call speak- me a Nike ambassador, if you will. Well, speaking of Nike, speaking of cool, speaking of Nike ambassadors, Oklahoma State. I, I, I will say I'm, I'm glad Oklahoma State's a Nike school. Nike puts me out, too. Nike puts out the best products. Uh, I was a little surprised we didn't see throwback uniforms on Saturday, but I will yeah. say yeah. that that's a clean look for me. I, I really like the all blacks that it, with the modern uniform that Oklahoma State wears. This is what I heard about that. So if they wanted to go with the all black throwback, they would have had to order those two years ago. Yeah, I mean they like they I mean they, but they knew that they were doing this stuff. 
Right. So it's like they, they, they were ready. It. They were ready for last year with Thurman. With like the no, they, like they knew that the Barry. They knew when the Barry thing was going to happen because they had to have the statue ready, which that's been in the works for a long time. And they've already had like they knew when they inducted Thurman. They knew that Barry was next, and they knew when they were going to do it. Mm-hmm. So if they felt like it, or if they wanted to, they could have had throwback jerseys. And I was disappointed at first. But as the game went on, it was like okay, it's a clean. It look. was a nice uniform, like like without context of being Barry's day or whatever. It was a very nice a, uniform. Yeah, clean look. All I black really is always it. a nice look. And, yeah. and, and these new uniforms that Oklahoma and also State think it has, helps that like they absolutely dominated. So I forgot the fact that it was <laughs> even a throwback <laughs> yeah. that yeah. people were even talking about possible throwbacks. So now I'm like, I love those uniforms because well, they absolutely went off. And with yep. with this new style that they've had for what four or five years now, they started in 2016, the fifth or sixth year. 2016 was the first year. So the way this uniform is, I mean, you don't they they don't need to update for a while. I mean, these, these they are, have the option to. They have the option though. It was like, like after a, it was, I it think was a after this year, year, it was a six year contract, right? Yeah, I think after this year, they have the option to update. if no, for they sure. Want. But I don't think they will. I mean, these these are pretty slick. I wouldn't be surprised if they did. I think update they will just a little. I think bit. they will in some way. Well, yeah, I, I'm not talking like complete overall. Like, yeah. you, they may, you know, sharpen up the numbers or sharpen up the letters, but I like overall, I think this look is is really Pretty good and nice. what that what they'll keep. You know, Marshall, you talked about the the dominating win. I I knew Oklahoma State was going to win. I well, I don't want to say I knew. I can't guarantee, couldn't have guaranteed it, but I, I was I was incredibly confident going into mm-hmm. that game. You know, even even with TCU coming off the win over Baylor, but I I didn't expect. A sixty-three seventeen. I didn't expect. Yeah, I don't know if anyone ex- ex- like really. In, I, in in reality, it was sixty-three to ten. Well, sixty-three to three. Well, yeah. I mean, in, in terms yeah. of starting. Well, I mean, because I, I would say starting because well, it's not starters, sixty-three. Started started scored on offense or backup scored on offense, but the defense only allowed. Ten points. The starting defense only allowed three. Right. Well, see, so I, I didn't because expect Trey Rucker was the one in coverage on that throw Trey at the end. Rucker. Um, I, I didn't expect four hundred and fifty yards on the ground. I, I didn't yeah, I don't expect think eight that. rushing touchdowns from four different backs. But if it was going to happen in Boy. any game, it's going to be the one where they're running. running it was. Buried. It was incredibly poetic. Um, and and I'll say this. I mean, the 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 renaissance that Spencer Sanders is in right now. Now he's not the best quarterback to ever come through Oklahoma State. He's not playing the best he's not playing the best football in the Big Twelve, you know, but he's incredibly consistent. He has eliminated mistakes. He has matured. He's throwing the ball away instead of taking a sack or instead of just heaving it down the field and turning it over. He's limiting his turnovers. And that in itself greatly benefits the Oklahoma State running game. That was already pretty solid with Jalen Warren, but the fact now that the defense absolutely has to respect Spencer Sanders Mm -hmm. makes Jalen Warren even more dangerous. The way that Oklahoma State is constructed this year, they don't need Spencer Sanders to go be Baker Mayfield or someone like insane like that. They don't don't need three hundred plus yards. You just need him to be. It's a it's a nice little cherry. You don't even need two fifty. You seem to be someone who makes. Makes some plays and doesn't turn the ball over mm-hmm. and just keeps the ball in Oklahoma State's possession because Oklahoma State, with the defense and the running game, they're a they're a possession team this year, which is not what they ever used to be. It would be a, you go down and score within two minutes, but now it's you go on 13, 14 play drives, take four and a half, five minutes, and go score. 
and that keeps your defense rested. And then when they come out, they can get three and outs. They can get give up a first down or two and then get back off the field and give it back to the offense and repeat. And I'm glad you brought that up because I, I want to I talk about some of those discrepancies. You know, Oklahoma State has allowed, I think, just four, four third downs, four down conversions, four third down conversions in the last three games. It was, you go back to Kansas, you have, TC, you have West Virginia and TCU. Kansas didn't have one. Yeah. And T- West Virginia had two, and TCU had two. Yeah. I think that's right. So it was like two for, or excuse me, four for like 70, 60, maybe? No, well, I don't know. I don't know if it was that, that many. many. It'd probably it'd be, be around 30. Probably be around 30. 30, 30 or 40. 30 or 40. Because I think Kansas had quite a bit. I mean, they, had, they were like over 17 or something. They, Oklahoma State held TCU to 12 first downs they while two putting for, two for 13 while, on third down while putting up 37 first downs. They held them to two for 13 on third while putting up 11 for 15 on third down. Jeez, 0 for four on or oh excuse me 0 for one on fourth down. TCU Oklahoma State was two for two on fourth down, which I also really like that. By the big way, big fan of the fourth down conversions. Yeah. Big fan of going for them there. Uh, TCU ran 53 total plays. Yeah, that's Oklahoma State ran eighty-eight. Yeah, that's fifty-three total plays. Oklahoma State had thirty-five first downs. <laughs> fifty-three total plays is I, like well, three quarters. The other of day football. I was looking at PFF. Maybe the other day I was looking at PFF, yeah. and our our defender with the most snaps was Malcolm. Mm-hmm. Our defender with the second most snaps was Devin. They had forty-four and forty-three snaps. That's nothing. Like a lot of times, we might see those dudes get that many snaps in a half mm-hmm. occasionally. They had Malcolm was on the field for forty four snaps the entire game, which is absurd. The the maturity that this defense has shown, and that's something that that Tanner McAllister talked about, and it's something I've I've talked about a lot the past couple of weeks. The maturity and the 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 growth of this defense, the seniority of this defense the past couple of weeks. You know, you just you look at how solid they've been, and that's something that I I, I think I mean, it's not just keeping them in games. It's it's causing them to. You all right there, Marshall? <laughs> someone called me, but there was no one there. And then as soon as someone else, as soon as someone called me, someone in the back's phone started ringing. I don't know if they're connected or. That's weird. Someone's phone back there is still ringing. I don't know whose it is. Ghosts. But I, I, it was it was a number that I didn't know. Dun, dun, dun. Probably a sales call. That's weird. I never answer those. Um, oh, I didn't know what it I was. I get so many of those. Normally they say spam or whatever, but yeah, that one, not, well, that one did not. The past couple weeks, man, these they're getting, these, they're getting sneaky. They figured out a way. I I received four calls from a Stillwater, four different Stillwater numbers, yeah. telling me that I had to pay two hundred and ninety nine dollars for a service agreement, or so, I don't know what it was. Um, did you? Your car's extended warranty. Oh, oh I hate that one, bro. Um, but you look at the you look at the 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 experience on this defense. You know, you look at the back end, Colby. You look at Tanner. You look at Jason Taylor. You look at um, Thomas Harper. You look at the corners, right? You look at you look at Christian Holmes. You look at you look at Jark Bernard Converse. You look at Malcolm. You look at Devin, and that doesn't include the the litany of defensive linemen across the board. That in it that in and of itself has kept Oklahoma State. Like I I, I never ex- I I thought I figured this defense was going to be good this year, right? And I and I thought you know Marshall and I we talked throughout the summer. I thought there was a chance that this defense could probably be better than it was last year, just going off of you know who's coming back and the age of these guys and how long they've been around. 
I didn't expect it to be this good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really didn't. And you know what's funny too? I was thinking about this. It we've kind of come under this conception that of the two corners, Jarg Bernard is the weaker one of the two between him and Christian Holmes. Which but I but Christian Holmes just has been so good that he does not get targeted. I think yeah, and that's and that's one of those things. I don't necessarily think that Jarek is like weaker. I think he just gets targeted more, so he has more opportunity to mess up on any given play. Well, that's the that's the whole, and and it's kind of apples and oranges considering you know where he was, but like Justin Gilbert, who was who was the corner opposite of Justin Gilbert? I know for a little while it was. Uh, I'm trying to. Trying like I, I can't think was, of who um, it was. There but. was Ashton Lampkin for. Was he later? He was. He was way later. What year was Justin Gilbert? So. Two thousand and eleven. Gilbert oh. was drafted with Whedon. Okay. Or right around Whedon because there were two first round draft picks, but it or it, it was it was pretty early on. I don't I don't know if it was Whedon, but he was a first round pick to Cleveland. Roger Brown, he was there. But whoever was opposite of Gil, like Justin Gilbert, took all the snaps because yeah. opposing offenses didn't well, go the other way. It's kind of interesting because I'm looking at PFF right now, and, and that's actually, dark. This is the first time I've ever looked at this like. Mode thing. I'm looking at the preview between Tech and Oklahoma State. They list Jarek as as number as the cornerback one on our defense. I and would they list Holmes as number two in, in terms of snaps. I would say, but Jarek I don't really is, think or looks because they're pretty much like Christian Holmes has a slightly better grade. He has seventy six point seven. Jarek has seventy four point four. So two point three points better. Um. And then, I mean, uh, then the rest of it kind of fills itself in. McAllister's at nickel. Um, Taylor's at strong safety. And Colby's at free safety. But, I mean, I don't really think they classify in their own defense who the number one corner is because they doesn't they don't really care which side a receiver's on. They just kind of cover their side, mm-hmm. right? Occasionally, like, you'll see a guy like Jalen Ramsey in the league or Marshawn Lattimore follow around a number one receiver, they don't. They just kind of trade off. Whoever's on their side is who they cover. Yeah. So, I think they trust them both pretty well. Yeah, um, and that's it, because I, they have no reason not to. Well, and if I had a question mark going into this year, it would have been it would have been Christian Holmes, right? Because and Christian has yeah. really stepped up this year. Well, because we've seen we talked about this before. The past three years, there's pretty much been a formula, and it looks like it'll happen again this year. Mm-hmm. Where oh, Robert's calling me again. You can take it. Um. All right. Well, y'all talk about this. I'll come back and give my thoughts on this. Okay. It and it was uh, in that 2011 year. It was Broderick Brown is the so, corner that was opposite. So there you go. I mean, they well. didn't they didn't throw his way. I mean, that Justin Justin Gilbert got all the looks, and Justin Gilbert was a really good college corner. He was really good, and I think it was just an unfortunate situation that he got drafted into with Cleveland. That it was. was I mean, that was right at the the height of like the. The graveyard for Oof, Cleveland, you know, you you got drafted there, and you're that's where you were going. And, and to, I'm not trying, rot. and I'm not trying to con- compare Jark Bernard and 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 Justin Gilbert. I think Jark's really good. He is, but that's that's the look right there. Like Jark's Jark got burnt at Iowa State because they went his way a lot. And that was the thing. Um, I was at Coach Gundy's radio show a couple weeks ago, and. He was talking about, he was like, you know, I can't for the life of me figure out why it is that these Big 12 teams think they have a mismatch with Jarg Bernard. You know, he said that. He was like, I I don't know what it is that makes them think that they can attack him versus Christian because Mm -hmm. in his eyes, in Coach Gundy's eyes, they're the same. Like, 
there's not any really weakness between one or the other. So, I don't know. Um, I've been looking at it over the last couple of days um, just as to what this matchup will look like this coming weekend mm -hmm. with Texas Tech. And so I've been, I went back and have revisited some of the previous games between these two and one that I think probably the poster child for how far this Oklahoma State defense has come is the uh, 2015 year where it was 70 to 53 in Lubbock. You yeah. remember that game? Yeah. 70 to 53 where there was over 1,200 yards of offense in the game. Oklahoma State gave up 642 yards, 480 of them in the air. Like, that's at the height of, like, bad Big 12 defense. Yeah, which to me – and there's a couple things you can you can kind of, you know, equate to – or you go back and, and kind of compare the two, right? I mean, 2015 game, you know, you can look at Spencer's first game as a starter down in Lubbock. What was it, like? Six turnovers or something that like that. That was brutal. I think it was four of him. Like, was four really of his brutal. own. And I, th I think it was like four was interceptions like, and like a couple fumbles. Or I don't something. know if it was four, but I think it was. I think it was three. I think it was. It was either two and two or three and one. I think, or maybe three and two. I think and it was got, two and three. Maybe he got a fumble back. I can't remember, but I think it, he it, had five turnovers because it, it was a lot. It was. Bad. I think it was five. It was a lot. I'm gonna I, go look. Um, the fact that Oklahoma State only lost that game by I think ten. Yeah. Did they didn't they, wasn't it like 45 35 something like that somewhere along those lines but you look at you you look at the 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 progression that this defense has made from from that time and you look at the def, you look at the progression that Spencer has made you know over the years so he was 22 of 37 with three interceptions um, and he lost two fumbles too i'm, and the I'm two pretty fumbles. certain yeah yeah he still threw for 290 yards yeah Which remember he had that long crazy. It was that, he had touchdowns. that long play i think was it to Jordan McRae? It was a 73-yarder. I remember that. That's like one of the only plays I remember from that game. Um, I've, chose, I've chosen to uh, push all of the rest of that game out of my mind. Yeah, it was 45-35. I, I almost burst a blood vessel watching that game. Uh, he had a long of 73, and it went to Jordan McRae. Yeah. And Tylen Oh, was, I remember that play. Tylen was 11 for 85 with one touchdown. Yeah, I remember that Jordan McRae play. Yeah. Two, he had, didn't he, like, jump over... Yeah, he like it was, snagged it off some dude's it was head really and ran weird. like twenty yards. It was really weird. It was the play that everyone was like, "Oh my gosh, this guy, he is going to be so good for so long." You know, he's going to be two he had two catches for eighty-two yards. Yeah, and I think he only had like maybe three hundred yards on the season. I, I, I think. so it was weird in the article I'm about to put up in a little while. That's when Jordan McCarry's class was when he came in in 2019. He had I think 387 yards. Total in 18 catches on the season? In 20, 2019, he was 237 yards. 237 yards. And maybe two, Okay, maybe that's what it was. And two touchdowns. Yeah. So On, on 19 catches, though. I mean, that, Yeah, 18 or 19 catches. I mean, not bad for... Good numbers. But, but yeah, did y'all talk about the corners? We, we waited. Okay. We, wanted, we were just waiting on pins and needles. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but what we've talked about with the corners of the kind of little... Ro not want to say rotation, but kind of rotation of what they've had. There's always... What was it? A couple years ago, it was um, AJ Green. Mm -hmm. He was the number two behind who? Or he was number one for a while. It was him and Rowe. Yeah. They uh, yeah. Were okay. Both well, he was really the young. season before AJ kind of popped off. He got picked on. Right. They threw the, the ball. Hell was the corner before AJ? 
I'm drawing a blank. Well, here, let's see. So that would have AJ been started four 20, years. That would have been 2017. Who, who was the starting corner in 2018? Well, that no, it was it was AJ. Well, I know, but who else was out there with him? I think it was Rodarius. Right, but Rodarius, I think, wasn't a full. He might have been a full starter, but he was in 18. I think 18. Okay, was whoever it was in 17. I think in tw- I think AJ Green got picked on sometimes. I can see his face. Well, no, I, I think that they both started as true freshmen in 18. So mm-hmm. I don't think that there was a. Well, like, AJ Green wasn't a freshman in 2018. A, I think AJ is one one class shirt? higher than Rodarius. He was a, yeah. He came in before Rodarius. So he was a redshirt freshman, I think. Or no, I think he was a sophomore. and Rodarius was a, was a freshman. Yeah, I think that's because uh, I because rem- I remember the first play Rodarius made. Uh, like the first standout play he made was a turnover on a punt return. Yeah, because he went down and and just smoked the you know like smoked the 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 cape ball carrier or something mm-hmm. got a penalty and tried to scoop the ball up or something. It ended up being a turnover. And don't worry, I'm I'm going back to 2017 to see if I can find anything. Because once you find this, I'll be able to. Anyways, with the with the rotation we've kind of talked about is, and I'll, maybe I'll start with Roe. Roe, while AJ was having his dominant season, that his senior year, and Rodarius AJ stepped up, struggled. Rodarius was the one that got picked on and struggled a little bit. And then the next year, Rodarius comes out and is absolutely lights out, makes himself some NFL money, and Christian Holmes is kind of that number two because Jarek was still playing somewhat of that safety role, right? And Christian Holmes gets kind of burned a few times last year. Now Christian Holmes has turned into that kind of lockdown guy. And now Jark Bernard is the one that gets targeted a bunch. So I think next year, if Jark Bernard is back, I think Jark Bernard it will be the one that never gets targeted. And it'll be... Corey, he, it'll he be, would be. He, he it'll be, be the guy. Corey Black or Jabbar Muhammad, whoever it is, is going to be the one that keeps getting targeted. And then it's just like a rotation of the number two gets picked on, the number one leaves, that guy becomes a lockdown number one, and then whoever moves into the number two is the one that gets picked on again. So looking through this 2017 roster, there were some there were some backups, but no one... Like, it was, it was, I mean, a, it was like, AJ in those seasons yeah. where, where In those seasons where those guys were getting picked on, like... There was times where it was like bad, like where like AJ Green or Rodarius Williams didn't know how to turn around and find the ball. And yeah. me and Ryan talked about that, where they would just start face guarding and they'd get penalized. I hate that when DBs. And ironically enough, they're both NFL corners. And now they're both NFL corners that play. <laughs> and like, Rod- oh, I mean, once hurt. Well, but if Rodarius hadn't gotten hurt, he was he was starting. He was um, he played his way into it. Yeah, he was he was starting to get like good snaps and good reps, and so I mean. Those dudes are going to be in the league for a while, and Christian Holmes, I have have a feeling, will find his way into the NFL somehow, whether it be through getting drafted or undrafted free agent. But he's going to end up on a roster at some point. Well, you look at at twenty sixteen, you had Lindsey Pipkins. You know, Lin- Lindsey played a little bit. Well, he played a lot, really. Uh, he's when was when was Flowers the NFL a little bit? Trey Flowers was a safety. But yeah, he but was 2015, 16, now he's a, 17. He's a, he was a, he got he shifted was, to corner in, in the NFL. 14. 15. He he got drafted with, uh, he got drafted in seventeen with yeah. Mason and, okay. and James. But he was a, he was a safety and then got shifted. Right, to he got shifted to corner. NFL. So I mean, there's actually like a and I mean not he a whole lot for of a little while. There's a whole lot of I mean there's a whole lot of Cincinnati people that now, right. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. of people that talk about like developing DBs and like which schools do the best and like OSU is kind of an underrated school because I mean they yeah. have like a decent amount of. 
I mean, I don't think every school has four or five DBs in the league. Mm-mm. Like, and I mean, if you look now, when you look back in five years at the previous five years, I thought there's going to be probably eight, ten, maybe. I mean, you think about safeties and corners. Well, Colby, Trey, Jason Taylor's going to the league in two years. Tanner McAllister. Tanner McAllister's got a it. chance. And and that's just saying, like, Christian, Jarek. I don't know if they'll start. Right. But they'll, not be, everyone's, they'll yeah. be in the NFL. And not everyone's going to be a first or second round, third round draft pick. I think Colby has a chance to be a day two pick. Second or, I, I think, think second Trey's or got somewhat of a chance outside of if there's no concerns about injury. Mm-hmm. I think he's got a chance to be a third rounder type of guy. And then, I mean, Jason Taylor, who knows? That dude, I could see, if there was going to be anybody that ends up being a first round pick out of freaking nowhere. It'd be that dude if he came out next year and was just like first team All Big Twelve and well and, the, and what's important about it is you look five at five or six interceptions you look at kind of the season big impact he had on special teams yeah and then I mean safety is his position but you look at the impact he had on special teams and then it translated directly over into safety I mean the dude's absolute absolute nightmare but I you know you look at you look at this Texas Tech game this to me it, it, situationally. Mind you, not not necessarily who they're playing or or anything like that, but situationally, this, in my opinion, is the biggest game of the season. And and up to even up to this point, you go back to the other weeks. I mean, you obviously want to beat Texas, but it didn't have the implications that this game has. Oklahoma State wins one game; mm-hmm. they're locked into the Big Twelve championship. You know, you obviously can't overlook Texas Tech because you have OU the next week. It doesn't matter how OU's playing; it doesn't matter how OSU's playing. Throw it all out the window for Bedlam. Yep. But this this game right here, because you go back to last year, was it fifty forty five or f- it was a five it was a five point game and last it was a was and really it was a high weird. and it was a high scoring game. I think it was fifty forty five. I think fifty forty five sounds right. And it was it was a lot of points. It was a lot of yardage, and that's a typical Texas Tech game. Fifty forty four. Fifty forty four. There you go. But you look at the way this this Oklahoma State defense is playing, and you look at the maturity, there really is no reason why Oklahoma State shouldn't go out there and do what they've been doing yeah. the past couple of weeks. I'm looking right now, I'm going through this list and clicking on all of our players on PFF, looking at last year's grades versus this year's grades. Almost every single one is such a steep incline. Mm-hmm. Like, they go from, like, they'll be 62 to, like, 79. 68 to 81. Like, I mean, big increases in number. Like, um, Colby, his sophomore year was 84, and then he dipped back down to 61, and now he's back up to 74. So I mean, like, and that's and that's because he's the ball isn't really going back that far for him to make that big of an impact. Yeah, like, like he is making an it, impact, like, but it's not like his 2019. Year. He had like what seven interceptions. He had a lot, something like that, something crazy, and like two or three fumble recoveries. The ball's not getting past the mid level. Yeah, it's and not and if it is, it's like errant. Yeah, because they're just chunking the ball. Well, that and it's like what what Tanner said yesterday during the or I'd be, I'd be Tuesday during the availability. You know, each you go back each of the plays like TC scored three points. You know, I mean there there are at least two to three plays in the first couple of opening drives for an opposing team mm-hmm. that they take advantage of Oklahoma State before Oklahoma State makes those adjustments, yep. and then that's it. It just I mean, it locks it down. Yeah. Um, if you look at what Chandler Morris did, he threw for 103 yards after uh, nearly five over 500 total yards against Baylor. He threw for 103 yards, and 46 of them came on that one play. Mm-hmm. 
to the tight end who delivered the stiff yeah. arm that blew Jason Taylor's helmet right off. Poor guy. That's like almost half. Almost half of his passing yards came on one throw. Yeah. And, and it so, was early on. So you have those anomalies early in the game, and, and you'll have a similar situation this week with Donovan Smith. Yeah, I was going to say Donovan Smith is coming off the exact same. And I think you look at that, and you know we, we talked to players on Tuesday, and all of them said something pretty similar of – it's an advantage because, you know, you look at Kansas, they're coming off their best game of the season against OU. West Virginia coming off their best game of the, the season with a win over Iowa State. State. You look at TCU, their best game of the year with a win over with Baylor. And now, now while Iowa State's not a great team, this is Texas Tech's – that was their best game. Yeah, I mean, Donovan Smith was 25 of 33 for 317, three touchdowns, one interception. It's pretty damn good, Yeah, if you ask me. And, and so you not only do you have a team's best look, you have everything on tape, but you now know what that, you now know what that guy can do. And, and if there were a defense to be able to make adjustments and to go out there and set a game plan, it's Jim Knowles and this experienced defense. I think this, and we talk about this all the time, of when you go on film and the absolute horrid tape that Texas Tech offensive lines put up, I'm looking at well. They're their, giving up what is it close to 300 yards on the ground a game. Well, I'm talking about their offensive line. Oh, I thought you said the defense. I may. Line. I meant offensive line. Well, if you I, may if have I did said say that. defense, I mean either of them. But the offensive line for Texas Tech, I'm looking at them right now. Like they have a really good grade from their running back and pretty solid grades from their wide receivers: 79.9, 75, and 67. Right. Their grades from their offensive linemen are 61, 60, 66, 56, and 53. That going up against the Oklahoma State defensive line, which, by the way, has 22 sacks in the last three games. They have more sacks in the last three games than points they've given up. I don't think Texas Tech's offensive line survives that much. The other thing, too, these uh, quarterbacks that this defense has been going against, you mentioned the teams that have been coming off those like mm-hmm. season highs for those wins. You know, they're on... Their best wins of the season. All, all these quarterbacks are really young. Mm-hmm. Chandler Morris was really freshman. young. Donovan Smith he is a freshman. redshirt freshman. And so, when as we mentioned, Oklahoma State, their strength is that pass rush and just getting yeah. to the quarterback. For an, a young guy like that to be back there seeing all that pressure. Also, look how that, big he is. That dude's not moving. Yeah, 6'5", 230 pounds. That's... With what this You're talking about Shane Illingworth back in, there. No, I'm sure he's slightly more with, athletic because I don't think with he can the get Texas much worse. Tech, with a, t- a TCU yeah. game, Oklahoma State up to that point had, like in the last three games, had combined for like 16 or 17 sacks. And TCU up to that point had 15 on the season. Yeah, they had, yeah. Because it was eight against, they had eight against West Virginia and seven against TCU. I think Colin Oliver himself has half as many sacks as the TCU team yeah. itself. Yeah. I mean, the, the, what what that defensive front is doing, I mean. They have the second most pressures on a quarterback, I think, this year behind yeah, Michigan behind State. Yeah, behind Michigan State. They have 220, and I think number one's like 233 it's, or something like that. It's less than like 15 difference. Yeah. And kind of going back to the playing the younger quarterbacks, sacking them, and Bill Belichick talked about this last week where he said sacks is a number that doesn't really matter. It's all about pressures because sacks – while sacks are a good number and mean good things, it means you're getting the job done, pressures basically result in the same stuff. A sack might give you a four-yard loss or it might help you give you a four-yard loss, but a pressure might make the guy throw it away. So either way, the, you you made the quarterback fail or you made the offense fail. And I think 
like I said, going back to the young thing and what I told you before the TCU game, they're going to put so many looks in front of that dude's face. I told you they're going to make Chandler Morris see ghosts out there. Like, they're going to they disguise looks. They do things that he's never seen before, coverages he's never even heard of. I think that's the same they're going to do to Donovan Smith, especially when they're at Texas Tech. They need to kind of take the momentum early. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to put some stuff out there that is he's going to be at the line going, what the hell am I looking at right well, now? Well, in this, Texas Tech is, is a better team than West Virginia. You know, I mean, statistically and, and obviously record-wise. But it, it, it almost and, – and you can't overlook Tech, right? I mean, you, you can't overlook wrong. anybody. Especially a, a night game it's a on night the game. road. It, the Texas Tech fans are crazy anyway. But it, it almost kind of has a West Virginia feel to it. And I, now I don't know – and I said this you – know, Marshall can attest. I said it on Saturday. I don't think Oklahoma State's going to do to TCU what they did against West Virginia. I was way wrong. Right. You're right. They didn't do to TCU what they did to West Virginia. They did something Way worse. like three times worse. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if that's going to be the case against Texas Tech, but the way this defense is playing, if they can if they can jump out early, this game is going to be pretty similar to what we've seen the past few weeks. Um, offensive side of the ball, I'm really looking forward to seeing what Jalen Warren and Spencer Sanders can do. Looking forward to seeing kind of what the offensive line is going to look like. And it looks like Jalen... Warren is good after. Well, yeah, he just had his. He had that, his. He had the, the wind knocked out. That's all it was. In the third, that I saw him walking around the stadium the yeah. other day. I pulled up for the availability on Monday, and he was he was sitting there, kind of staring at me. At that point, there was no. Was that intimidating? It wasn't fun. <laughs> wasn't great. I felt like he was going to bowl me over. I don't. It was weird though. I would like. I would. I would pay to see that. Actually, I would too. I would. I would get paid to do that. Oklahoma. I was going to say, would you? Well, not Jalen Warren. Would you line up if you were getting paid five hundred bucks? If I had, would pa- you take a shoulder from Dominic Richardson to the chest with pads? Yes. Like number what he did number thirteen the other yeah, day. Five hundred bucks. People were talking yeah. about people the other day, and not enough people are talking about this. When people were saying Dominic Richardson looked like he was running with a purpose. Yeah. Well, he came to out and screw TCU. Well, he like, came out in the yeah, availability. Screw you, on, buddy. He came out in the availability on Tuesday and said. That he wanted to inflict pain. Yeah, exactly. you saw what he did too on that twenty-yard touchdown run. The hole was there. The cutback lane was there. Oh, yeah. But instead of hitting it right away, See, I'm going he for veered blood, off, partner. lowered the shoulder, put a dude on his ass, and then <laughs> cut up the hole and scored 20 yards out untouched. Yeah. And it was like, okay, so that was we, – we see what's going on and If here. you don't know what we're talking about, go look it up. Yeah. Go look it up what TCU did there. Yeah, I would – I would Dom or Jalen, yeah, 500 bucks. If I got pads – like I'm not just gonna stand out there, <laughs> but like no, pads. Yeah, they, in the same scenario, yeah. like like Oklahoma drill for sure. Okay, five hundred bucks. What's, yeah. what's the lowest amount of money you do it for? I don't know. It'd have to be at least three figures. It'd have to be at least at the very minimum, like a hundred bucks. No, you're not telling me to go out there for a hundred bucks. But the, the the stipulation me, would be give me the stipulation would be like I get cash and then they cover any. I was gonna say bill. I was like yeah. you give me three hundred dollars. Hey, a and meal co- and cover medical. <laughs> I'll say this. I want to keep the uniform, <laughs> exactly. keep the helmet. In high school, which feels like it was an eternity ago, it was three years ago now at this point, I was 11. a... Um, 12, actually. Wow. I was a wide receiver <laughs> and defensive back. I'm sorry. I started at receiver, and I occasionally, on certain packages... Where'd you go in, to high school? I went to a small school yeah, you in struck me as Wisconsin. A, you struck me as a 6A water boy. Thank you. Damn. <laughs> um, so I went to a somewhat small school in Wisconsin called Berlin 
Berlin, Berlin? Wisconsin. Not not pronounced the same way as Germany. The city in Germany. Okay. Berlin. Berlin. The Berlin Indians. B U R E R. Spelled the same. It's spelled the same. It's pronounced the same. Differently. Berlin and Berlin. Berlin, Berlin and Berlin. And Berlin. Okay. Yes. And uh, five thousand people. We um, organize high schools a little bit differently there. It's not like. 6A, 5A, 4A, 3A. It's Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, Division Four, mm-hmm. and Division One being the highest one. We were Division Two in football, and well, Wisconsin's all kinds of backwards. Yeah, I guess so. I found that out after seeing what high school football is like in this <laughs> general part of the country. But that's not the point. Um, anyways, if you haven't seen me, people would generally think that I'm fairly small. 6A water boy. I'm. I'm about six one, but I hover around. You're not six one, because I'm six foot. He's six one. Six one. I'm, six about, I'm about six and a half. Six one. No. Yeah. No. What? How tall do you think I am? Like five eleven. No, oh, I'm over six feet. I was at the doctor like oh, the doctor. a month ago. I, I've been over six feet since I was like a junior in high school. He made me take my shoes off and everything. <laughs> I'm about six and a half, six one, and I am no more than 150 pounds. I can't gain weight. It's so hard for me to. But I've had a couple times when I'm in at defensive back where I'm one-on-one with a 240-pound tight end rolling down right at me. And one instance in particular, it was one-on-one. They literally motioned out the tight end to be in one-on-one coverage with me just to throw a screen pass to him to see if I could tackle the guy. Like That was what (laughs) this offense's game plan was on this given play, and so here I am one-on-one coverage. They throw the quick screen, and I'm out here on my own little island with, as I mentioned, like this six foot four, 240-pound tight end just barreling down at me. And so I just kind of get in a position where I'm like, okay, at the very least, I'm going to stop him. And I took a shoulder pad to probably the face mask chest area, <laughs> and um, no I ended up being on my back, but... I grabbed his legs and brought him down. No targeting call? No. That hurt really bad, though. I, uh, <laughs> I didn't even get $500. I, I, I know. I didn't even get money. So I, I would do <laughs> I would do it just because. Would I be able to successfully make a tackle? No. Did you all win the game? Yeah. Okay. We were good at football. We went to the playoffs all four years I was in high school. Although I will say. Tell me about baseball. We're not going to do that. <laughs> anyone, anyone who's listening, I want you to go to the internet when you have a chance, and I want you to look up. Brandon Thull, B-R-A-N-D-O-N-T-H-U-L-L. And look up his his top highlight should be his run against my high school when I was a freshman, so I was not playing. Brandon Thull he played, went to the Brandon University Thull of South Dakota. played Division One football. So I just want you to look and see what he did against my high school, Berlin, Wisconsin. Kowumska? Kowaskum. 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 Yes. And look up the video. He absolutely embarrassed could it be everyone this? on my Could it high be school this? roster? High school running back jukes out entire video or entire defense for video game style run. Yeah, that would be it. <laughs> October third, twenty fifteen. I want everyone who's listening, please go. He juked look out the that whole up. defense. It's most viral on his huddle. It's his most viral. He juked out the whole defense. It was scary. Did you watch the video, Zach? No, you just told me about it. I'm saying, like, did you just pull it up? Yeah, I have it up. I haven't watched it. Watch it really quick. It takes like two seconds. Where is well, then that, oh, versus Berlin High School? He's the fastest person in the world then if it took two seconds. <laughs> That's what it felt like. Wow. Yeah, so we were kind of out in our own little part of the, the world you over there. White, with white and green? Two and, yeah. 
I still have my uh, helmet that I wore in high yeah, school. You guys are the worst defense I've ever seen in the world. I was a freshman, and I did not play. And that was – we got embarrassed. Why did say you? I said the defense. That's the worst that was defensive like, play I've ever seen in my life. Play? Yeah. That, this was the only time we ever looked that bad. The rest of the year, like all of our games, what even? all of our games, we gave up like ten points a game. How many spins this guy do? <laughs> this guy was just that good. Uh huh. Or y'all were that bad? You can't convince me. You we guys beat the we defense. beat the number one seed in the playoffs that year. You can't convince me you were a great defense. After I mean, this, after that one play, it's uh-huh. it's fair to say. Is that you? No. <laughs> it's this fair is, to say that after this season, we got. Do you have a huddle account? No. We were a running offense, and so my senior year, I only scored... So you think you'd be able to stop the run? I only scored three touchdowns my senior year because we didn't throw the ball, like, ever. So it was pretty lonely being a wide receiver in a running offense. Now, what you should have done is you should have told us to look up Berlin defensive highlights to give us a barometer of how good you actually are. Instead of saying, watch the worst play in the history well, that's of football. Like, well, that's like and the then, one. And then tell me that, and, and then come at me and say, we're actually really good. Wrong. Listen, that's Wrong. like, the, if there's one play that my school is known for, it's that one because it's the vi- it's the it's, thing that went viral. That's well, it's all I think. But what they don't school. what they don't see are the games where we gave up 10 points, 17 points, whatever, went two, three rounds deep into the playoffs. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how we it. got off onto this track. I don't believe it. Well, because Marshall wanted to know if I would take a shoulder from Dominic Richardson. <laughs> and then that led to me believing that Berlin has the worst defense in the history of football. Well. Worse than Texas Tech. Texas Tech could have stopped that kid. <laughs> Well, I would. I would. Hope. I would hope so. I would hope so. <laughs> well, I we watched hope. a lot of Tech defense, okay? All right. Um, no, so I think Jalen Warren has a has a pretty pretty good game on Saturday. I think he can, and and it was they're giving up 140, roughly 140 yards a game on the ground. I would I would think, I think Oklahoma State eclipses that. I think Oklahoma State could could put up more than 200 yards on the ground just just the way they've been running the ball the past three or four weeks. I would think so. And last week, Oklahoma State didn't even have Josh Sills. And then they half the game didn't have Danny Godlewski. Yeah. yeah, which I think they'll get at least one of those back. I'm, I'll be curious to see what the offensive line looks like. I'm I'm proud of what Tyrese Williams did. The kid's come a really long way. They brought him in as a as a safety. I think it was a, was it Cy Ridge. I yeah, think he's he where he came Cy from. Um, out of Houston, uh, came in as a as a center and just never really panned out. And you know, talking to some people, he's really busted his ass this year and he's played pretty nasty. And that right there. You develop a nasty streak, and that's that's where you start to really go up. And so I, I think I think the offensive line is has played really well the past few weeks, giving Spencer a lot of time to to kind of set back and read the defense and try to figure some stuff out. So I, I like Oklahoma State's chances. I don't I don't feel comfortable giving a score because I of what happened yet. last week. Not yet. I'll because, give one. I'll give one on Saturday because mine was thirty five thirteen over TCU. Mine was. 30 to 17. That's about where Mine people was 36 13. That's about where people's were. You know, 38 12, 38 14, 30. I was right about 21, the 17. Just very know. wrong about the 30. Well, and that's the thing. You look at the starting like Oklahoma State held them to 3 points for 3 quarters. And then when the third and fourth stringers came in, they gave up the 14. Points. And of course, mm-hmm. I was doing like a uh, 
practice mock broadcast thing for the game. I was up in the booth and um, because broadcasting is what I want. That's to nine. Do. That's nine points that the starting defense has given up. I I went weeks. back and looked right at the end of the third quarter to see when the last time an OSU defense held three consecutive opponents without a touchdown. And I went all the way back. I think it was nineteen thirty nine. You'd have to probably go back a long ways. I went back to nineteen thirty eight and thirty nine and found one. I don't know. I could have missed one before that. Mm-hmm. Because I was doing it really well, quickly. Well, I would think that it's been at least 30, at the very least, 30 years. Well, it has to be at least back, because when was when did they said the last time that happened was in general? Like, the last time they'd given up two, when it had been two games in a row, they said, what, the 70s? Pretty crazy. So it had to be even further back than that. Pretty crazy. So I, I'll, I'll, I'll just give, I'll give what I gave last week, um, 35-13. You know, I, I think that that's I think that's pretty fair considering what Oklahoma State's done this season. Oh, this damn fly is going to drive me crazy. It's been buzzing all oh three of our gosh. heads this entire. Um, I, I think thirty five thirteen is pretty fair, just going off of what they've done this season. Now, would I be surprised if OSU went out there and did what they did against TCU? I don't think so. Not not at this point. Not the way this defense is playing. Not the way that not the way that Spencer Sanders has has kind of leveled off and really matured over the past month. The way the run game has been, this is a this is a huge game. There's no doubt. This is a big game for Oklahoma State, but it, it is an incredibly winnable ball game for Oklahoma State. Very much so. Just stay focused. You know, mm-hmm. don't don't find yourself looking ahead. And I think that Coach Gundy is really good at keeping his team grounded in the moment. Well, I mean, he talked about it the other day on his radio show with Robert. Um, I was there hanging out for a little while. But he, Gundy was saying that he thinks that he could leave for a month and not tell anybody, and the program would run itself. He said, like, they have, that's how many veterans they have in there. That's how Absolutely. much he trusts the assistant, how much he trusts the assistant coaches, how much he trusts the um, training staff, the equipment people, the everyone. The, and then, of course, the players themselves. He thinks that he said that during the week, in terms of just, like, other than, like, actually coming up with game plans, but, like, in terms of, like, practicing and stuff, he said he doesn't really do much during the week. Like, he monitors things, mm-hmm. and but really everyone knows what their role is. Everyone, Why are we giving him a pay raise then? I mean, every, yeah, no, of course people are going to say that. But he said he feels like he could leave and not have to worry about someone forgetting what their job is mm-hmm. or whatever. So, I mean, I think part of that goes with the maturity of understanding – to not look ahead. No one has to tell them that anymore. There are some very, very, very clear culture problems at places, certain big-time schools around the country. I mean, you look at Texas, and they've got some culture issues. I would say you look even, at Miami, you look I would at say State. Some, and we talked this earlier, some aspects of OU, I would say there are maybe not as, not as glaring issues because they win more, but... But especially, if, you, mentioned, you look at the teams like... Texas, yeah, Miami, absolutely. Florida State, like even USC. There are some, sometimes there are some very big culture problems there. There is not a single trace of that at yeah. Oklahoma State, no. and that is thanks to the head man, the man in charge, mm, Mike Gundy. He's established a culture here. Score. I'm Oof. gonna say. Damn. I'm gonna say forty to eighteen. Marshall. Forty six. Ten. Okay, I, I can I can live with that. So, 
Uh, yeah, it should be should be a fun game. Really looking forward to it. Uh, this has been the Pokes Report podcast. Pick up a premium subscription at pokesreport.com. It's worth it. Marshall's putting out some uh, some really good recruiting news over the past couple of weeks, uh, and it's going to continue. And then obviously we're fixing to get into uh, into the signing period. So uh, yes, yes. Be sure to uh, be sure to pick you up a, pres- uh, a prescription. Get you a subscription. You need Pokes a prescription to make your life better, make you healthier. Fair, fair. This one has been article, the Pokes one Report Pokes podcast. Article a day keeps the doctor here away. on pokesreport.com.